Hello and welcome back to Equity, a podcast about the business of startups where we unpack the numbers and nuance behind the headlines. I'm Natasha Mascarenas and this is our Wednesday show where this week we're niching down to a single person thinking about their work and unpacking the rest. Today we're talking to Roger Lee, creator of Layoffs.FYI and co-founder of Comprehensive and Human Interest. There's so much to get to, but Roger, thank you so much for jumping on Equity with us. Thanks for having me. So you're one of those people that has been almost a weekly, if not more, part of my life during the pandemic. Thanks to this nifty tool you spun up a while ago called layoffs.fyi. And that was the real reason I wanted to bring you on the pod because those listening have probably interacted with Layoffs FYI or unfortunately been a part of it if they were laid off. So I really wanted to start there and get into a little bit about this tracker that you've used and has now been cited by most outlets I know that cover tech. Yeah. And so just for context, layoffs.fyi is a website that tracks all of the tech layoffs that have been happening since COVID-19 first became a pandemic in early 2020. And so we will list all of the publicly reported tech layoffs that have happened. And so on the site, you can get a running list of all of the layoffs in tech, as well as a count of the number of employees laid off in tech and the number of companies that have done layoffs so far. It's been, like I said, a huge source for me as someone who's been covering the startup layoff beat. But to give everyone a sense of how big and all-encompassing this tracker is, in 2022, it tracked that over 1,000 tech companies had layoffs and over 154,000 employees were laid off. And so there is this sort of back-end curiosity and I think visualization that happens when we see it charted in such a way. But Roger, as we've talked through the months, it's clear that it's kind of been part of your process as an entrepreneur to try and work with data in this way. So I thought we could maybe start with a little bit about your idea to really begin layoffs.fyi and you know how it even goes back to you in high school, building websites and gaining traction that way. Yeah, so let's see. My journey to the internet and entrepreneurship started uh, as a teenager. So in 2001, you know, kind of right at the height of the dot-com boom, I was learning how to program. My friend and I were learning how to make websites for uh, the internet. And uh, we were just making some websites for fun that we thought would be useful for ourselves and our friends. Um, We made a a study website where you can see study guides for the books you're reading in school. We made an early social network built off of AOL Instant Messenger to allow users to create sort of richer, more interactive profiles and ended up creating and owning three of the top 10 most visited sites by teenagers in 2003 and 2004. And as... Which is crazy at the time to... I feel like the emotion of that to be a teenager and see the reach you're getting, I'm sure made a difference. It was a really surreal experience. You know, here we are, you know, 15, 16 year old kids living with their parents, just kind of you know, typing on the computer and able to have millions of teenagers visiting our websites on a regular basis was a really big impact and and helped me, made me fall in love with the internet almost um, at that age, because I realized that the internet uniquely made it possible for us to have that kind of reach and impact. And that wouldn't have been possible before the internet. And so that really inspired me to 
try to keep doing that using technology and the internet yeah. as a way to be able to make a positive difference in people's lives. And I've done that, you know, ever since then and in, in starting various websites and, uh, and startups as well. Human Interest is the company that I saw that I first was introduced to you in. It was all about creating affordable, full-service 401k plans for SMBs. How do you go from that to then starting this grassroots, it, you know, it's not flashy. It's it's just a kind of a, a layoff tracker website. Like, why, why was that kind of the thing you did after Human Interest? Yeah, so while growing and building human interest, we, like every other startup, were having a challenging time trying to hire good people. And we were trying to grow. We were trying to hire talented people to work for us. And it was difficult. And so we tried everything we could to source and recruit candidates to grow our team. And uh, so I had been informally tracking layoffs for many years during mm-hmm. the course of building human interest just as a potential recruiting source. Yeah. And so when uh, COVID hit in early 2020, I and and many others realized that this was likely going to have a big impact on the economy and have a big impact on tech and likely lead to a rise of layoffs happening around startups and tech companies. And so I decided to take what I had been informally doing in tracking layoffs and turn that into something official and thus was born the layoffs.foi tracker um, to publicly track all the layoffs that, that were happening in tech in early COVID days. Of course, little did I know uh, or expect just the sheer quantity of layoffs that were to come and especially how long it was going to persist beyond 2020 to even to this day when in recent months layoffs have been actually more severe and higher in quantity than any time since I started the site in early 2020. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask if you had a goal when you first started it and made it kind of this external facing. But like you said, no one really knew how big layoffs were going to be and how much of a story it would be and still is today. So I guess the better question might be, you probably started it with the goal. What does the goal feel like it is today to have something that's tracking it? And, you know, including everything from the stage of a company when they had the layoffs to a list of employees, if there is one that were impacted. Yeah, the original goal was to, you know, help companies like Human Interest that were still hiring be able to find great workers that may have been laid off through no circumstance of their own. And then to help these laid off workers during COVID find a new home more quickly. And I thought that might be a small contribution I can make during the pandemic and what was, you know, at the time, very scary and uncertain. Yeah. And that was sort of my small way of trying to uh, contribute during that scary time. You know, it's, it's since sort of turned into not just something useful for hiring and for job seeking, but also just as a way for observers of the tech industry to make sense of what's going on in technology. Our industry has gone through a lot of change over these past three years, yeah. starting from how the pandemic affected tech, all the way to today, you know, how sort of the current macroeconomic environment is affecting technology. And it looks like that be able to present the layoff data in a very simple and accessible way on layoffs at FYI has helped people try to make sense and see the trends and what's happening in tech. I agree with you because I remember I wrote a story uh, using your data in May 2020. 
I mean, it was a story that I still stick with, which was like, it showed which tech girls might be most vulnerable amid layoffs. And I think that's where you really get to start to see the unintended or maybe intended consequences of these widespread layoffs because it was, it was operation roles. It was sales and customer success roles. And it was these roles where a lot of diverse talent unfortunately is as well. Yeah, I mean, as much as it's hard to know if Uber having a layoff is going to impact the ride-sharing market at large. It's a hard story to tell or confirm, but can we triangulate? That feels like a much more important conversation to be having, especially during now a downturn. And that's true today, too. In the more recent layoff wave of the past few months, recruiting and HR have been the functions that have been most disproportionately affected by layoffs, which makes sense because if companies are slowing down hiring, if they're going to be smaller in headcount than before, then companies don't need as many people on the recruiting and HR teams. Those functions also are disproportionately women or other minorities. And so you do see that, unfortunately, these layoffs are having a real impact on, on certain groups. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because while I don't want to celebrate the success that happens with tracking layoffs, because I know layoffs are a sad thing. I feel like this has probably put you and your work on the map in a different way. And I was just curious, like what scale has brought to like, and, and, and more eyes and more people, I guess, reaching out to you with tips and their stories of layoffs has changed you as a founder. Yeah. Um, I think one, it has made me realize just the power of putting this data that into one really easy to access place and the power of data in telling a story. Mm-hmm. And it's also weird that, you know, everything I'm posting is negative. Uh, yeah. So I don't love that. At the same time, even though all the, the layoff news is negative, I've heard from people that the site has been super helpful in helping people find new roles, helping companies hire, helping people make sense of what's going on. And so it has made a positive impact even during dire circumstances. And now I'm really excited about uh, launching a new website, Comprehensive.io, which is almost the inverse of layoffs.fyi. With Comprehensive.io, we're tracking the salary ranges posted by the top 700 tech companies in their job posts, which recently um, is now a requirement due to pay transparency laws in California and elsewhere. So if you go to that website, you can see all the salary ranges that companies like Meta, Google, Apple, Twitter, to even uh, a bunch of startups, um, what they are listing in their job posts. And our hope is that this will be a great way for employees and job seekers, especially those that have been laid off, to be able to navigate this challenging and fast-moving job market and be able to use that new salary data on our website to understand what they should be paid, what companies are still actively hiring, what companies are paying most competitively, and and so on. Yeah, I mean, and now that you say that out loud, it is reminding me of, I guess, the goal that layoffs.fyi kind of originally sought out to answer, which is how to help companies that are hiring figure things out right now. I mean, comprehensive.io does feel more like it's around helping the individual than the employer. But I'm sure that balance for you had to come after something like a pandemic really probably solidified. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Both websites are very much designed to help both the individual employees and the companies. Yeah. With layoffs at FYI, it's helping laid off employees find new jobs. It's helping companies hire for their open roles. And with Comprehensive.io, it's helping job seekers and employees understand what companies are paying for their role. But it's also helping companies figure out what is a competitive salary for the positions they have at their own company. And as companies and startups are trying to figure out how to comply with these new pay transparency laws, 
they can look to our data to figure out and see what similar companies are posting for the salary ranges for these similar roles and get more confidence in what they should be posting in their own job posts, right? Uh, as well as get a sense of you know whether they're paying their current employees competitively or not. Yeah, and I think I think the new law, as you mentioned, was definitely a catalyst and makes this company all the more relevant. But I, I am curious if there was any, something you learned about consumer behavior or what startup employees need right now during your time tracking layoffs that helped inspire Comprehensive. Well, I think it's just. You know, this access to information can be super, super powerful. And so both websites have the common theme that I'm trying to amplify and make visible and make more transparent and make more accessible this really valuable information, both about layoffs and about job posts and salaries. Yeah. And that can benefit a lot of people in a lot of different ways, ranging from, you know, employees and job seekers, you know, to companies, to the media, to the general public. Yeah, I think about, and let's spend some more time on Comprehensive, because like we talked about before we started recording, it's not the first platform that's out there that's trying to help with the wild world of salaries and data that's important to employees in tech. At the same time, there has not been a clear winner in this space. And I I am always curious of like, one, what it takes to want to build a company in a space that hasn't had a leader, despite there being interest. And then two, like, is there a secret superpower that you're hoping will bring Comprehensive to the scale that other companies maybe haven't had or been distracted by? Yeah, that's right. You know, Comprehensive.io is not the first website to have salary data. The big difference, though, is that the data we get is from a totally different source than what was available before. So existing salary sites, they typically get their data from individual employees, which can be skewed or self-selective sample. And also it can be outdated. Um, Oftentimes the data there is what an employee says they got paid six months ago who was hired two years ago. And what's different now is that because these pay transparency laws that are brand new, we're able to get the salary ranges that companies are paying today for roles that they're actively hiring for today. And so it's forward-looking salaries as opposed to historical outdated salary data, uh, which is super, super meaningful in a fast-evolving labor market where salaries are changing all the time. Companies and job seekers want to know the current information and data from six months ago is just not relevant to them. I mean, it feels like it's a company, too, that's built not necessarily for a market where all the power is in the employer. And I feel like during like the great resignation, it completely swung to employees having their say and asking for these huge bumps in salary, which more power to them. And then it became this reset where people were laid off. And so now we're in this new normal. And I don't really know how to make sense of labor trends or really like what an employee can ask for today. So I guess it's just me expressing like gratitude that we're in a place where, you know, there's a little bit more transparency around that. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, there's always going to be this tension between the employer and the employee. And of course, the balance has shifted back and forth over the years between the two. But what I think was overlooked is that there are actually a lot of areas where the incentives are aligned between companies and employees. 
and the work that we've done on layoffs at FYI and comprehensive.io, I've chosen to focus on those areas where actually both companies and employees can benefit together. And it's not this adversarial relationship. You know, with the example of layoffs, if a company can hire a great person and that person was someone who was laid off, of course, that benefits both the company and, and the employee. And with comprehensive.io, something is is similarly true. Companies want to find the best workers, of course, and they want to recruit the best people. And um, I think the forward-looking companies realize that by being transparent about salaries and complying with these laws in good faith, they actually are able to attract the type of employees who are a good fit for their company and aren't wasting time interviewing employees that might have mismatched expectations in terms of compensation. And so it saves the company's time, it helps them find the right people, it helps improve morale for existing employees, it reduces just recruiting time and costs. And and of course, for the employees, it's great because they're able to make better decisions on where to work, they're able to understand what competitive pay looks like. And I believe that that benefits um, both sides. And so... I think there's a role to play with these transparency efforts as a result of the laws and the websites that I've been a part of in having these win-win situations where both employees and companies can benefit together. For people who are listening and maybe they are from California and they can't directly benefit from the new law, like how confident are you feeling about this being something that companies in different states or countries will piggyback off of just sharing the salary ranges? Yeah, no, it's a great question. It's looking really promising so far. Okay. Uh, you know, the California law is just over a week old, so it's brand new. And we're seeing that, you know, right now it's only 49% of tech companies that are complying with the pay transparency law. We obviously want to see that reach 100%, but it's up from 28% on January 1st. So already, you know, over 20% change just in the span of a week. Uh, New York City, whose, whose laws have been around for two months, a little bit longer, has now seen compliance rates close to 70%, according to our tracker. So more and more companies are complying. And as time goes on, we believe that every company will be complying and posting salary ranges in their job posts. We're also seeing that companies are by and large complying in good faith. Uh, There certainly are exceptions, like Netflix and Tesla that are posting these super wide ranges that may not be in the spirit of the, of the law. But by and large, the, the vast majority of job posts that we've analyzed, and we, we're currently looking at 60,000 job posts across 700 tech companies, the average range has a reasonable width. It's plus or minus 21% from the middle of the range. And that's exactly what you'd expect the range to be okay. uh, for, for, for an internal salary range. And so all indications point to the fact that companies are posting real salary ranges in these job posts and it's to their incentive, too, because that's ultimately going to lead to the right expectations for job seekers. It's going to lead to the right signal for the existing employees. And so this is a good thing for companies, and they should be posting more ranges. And by and large, we are seeing that they are complying in good faith. So that's very promising for how the current transparency laws are going. And then, um, you know, right now, these transparency laws exist in New York City, Colorado, California, Washington, but it is rapidly expanding. You know, similar laws are being considered um, in New York State and Massachusetts and elsewhere. So this is a trend that is not going away. And my belief is that, you know, over time, every state is going to have something like this. And ultimately, that salary transparency is going to be really great for advancing pay transparency and trying to help eliminate these pay gaps and pay inequity that has existed for so long. and, And that's a really, really good thing. 
As you say that, I wonder how you think about data quality. It's probably all you think about all the time. Part of it's out of your control. I think when I think about layoffs at FYI, I think that as a journalist, it's useful for me to see a documentation of every layoff, but it's also, you know, it's okay if there's a few missing because I'm looking for trends more so than every single one. When it comes to salary data, I wonder if it's the same sort of consumer habit that you're betting on, or are you finding there are a little bit of an overlap or there's a forgiveness if it's not every single role at every single company based in California? Yeah, you know, I think even already with the 700 tech companies we're tracking, we're already able to get a pretty meaningful sample size to see the averages and eventually trends across, you know, some of the most common uh, tech roles. And so we have, you know, dozens of companies for posting salary ranges that we're tracking for software engineer, product manager, product designer, account executive, product marketing manager, sales development representative, all those very common tech positions we already have lots of data for to be able to Mm -hmm. feel really confident about what the market is paying for these roles today. Over time, we fully expect to expand our coverage and include more and more companies and more and more roles. And of course, as more companies start complying and as they post new job listings, we'll be able to get even more data. And so we are pretty strong believers that ultimately this will be the biggest data set out there for salary data because we don't need an employee to volunteer their information. We don't need a company to submit their employee salaries. There's no friction to getting this data. It's all going to be publicly available through these job posts. And so um, it's going to be much, much easier to get a really rich and robust data set compared to how salary websites have done it in the past. Yeah, it's not anonymous either, which I feel like is really helpful. That's right. You can see specifically which companies are paying for specific titles. And so, you know, for a company that's trying to figure out what the right salary is for their employees... They've often complained that existing benchmarking sources are too generic. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, all tech companies that are of a similar size, right? Which, which could be anybody. And you can't see what companies are part of that. Well, with Comprehensive.io, you can pick, hey, these are the 10 specific companies that are most similar to mine and get a sense of among those 10 companies, this is what they are paying on average for a software engineer. And that's a much more reliable data point for these companies than what they were able to access before. And the same is true for employees as well. Roger, to bring it back to your personal story for a second, I would love to know how you think about making something a project versus a company. With layoffs.fyi, it's this free online tracker. Comprehensive.io, from what I understand, is going to have bigger ambitions, both in terms of the funding it will raise and I'm guessing one day monetizing its service. So yeah, how do you think about what data is worth monetizing? Yeah, you're totally right. Layoffs.fyi was a personal side project that I created during the pandemic. I have no intent to monetize or turn into a business. Comprehensive.io is part of a venture-backed startup that I co-founded last year that is building an all-in-one compensation platform that helps companies make better pay decisions. And the free website of salary data is one part of the product suite. We also have paid products that help companies manage their salary ranges, run compensation reviews, analyze pay equity, comply with these pay transparency laws, and, and so on. The common theme, though, is that I, I've just long been motivated by the mission to help improve people's financial lives. Yeah. And so with human interest, it was helping improve people's access to retirement benefits and save for retirement. With layoffs.fyi, it's helping laid off employees find new work and new income. 
with comprehensive.io, I believe that's the biggest opportunity, which is to fundamentally change how people get paid, which is, of course, the main source of most people's financial livelihoods. And that's always motivated me as a great mission um, to be able to make an impact on people's lives in that way. Sometimes those things will be monetizable when it can be businesses. Sometimes it doesn't quite make sense for those to be businesses, but I believe they're worth doing anyway just because of the impact it could make. And I do feel like Leia's at FYI, I'm sure, helped with like the marketing of Comprehensive down the road when you were pitching investors or even probably people to recruit. Yeah, absolutely. I think they both share a mission that I really believe strongly in Yeah. in terms of helping people's uh, financial lives. I think people have seen with Leia's at FYI that the power that this data and making this data more transparent and visible can have. And in many ways, Comprehensive.io is, is the inverse of layoffs at FYI, helping people kind of navigate the salary uh, of, of the current market. And so you're right, the two do have a lot in common than it might seem. Yeah, I mean, and so I used to work at Crunchbase, which, you know, it ends up making these company profiles and lets you sift through data in an interesting way. I always love to nerd out about what the future could look like. What are things we're not even thinking of tracking that we may see? I'm not asking you to tell me your whole roadmap, but... Is there a moonshot that you're hoping to work on or include one day with Comprehensive.io? Well, I think, you know, the goal and the mission behind what we're doing at Comprehensive at large is to advance pay transparency Mm -hmm. and eliminate pay inequity. The data goes a long way to that in terms of leveling the playing field for employees and job seekers and also helping companies make better pay decisions. And so... What we have at Comprehensive.io is is uniquely enabled by these brand new pay transparency laws. This is a fast evolving space. Yeah. You know, new legislation, new trends, new cultural norms are all going to yield interesting opportunities for us and for the tech industry. And so we'll just be keeping an eye on those and, and making lots of improvements to the site in the weeks and months to come to make it as valuable a resource as possible, as well as expand, you know, our, our set of paid software to kind of help companies with their most pressing compensation problems. Yeah, I mean, outside comprehensive.io and even FYI, I feel like this conversation is making me think about what data is most relevant or useful to employees today, like what is going to help them level up. I do think, yes, like salary ranges is important, but I, and I also, you know, I was just talking to someone who's working two full-time jobs and neither person knows because they don't trust the stability of tech anymore. So anyways, it just is making me think about some of the bigger questions individuals might be asking of their employers. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more out there. You know, we're presenting, you know, one slice of the world. But yeah, this is this is a new, we're in a new world now in a lot of ways, especially as it comes to work and employment and jobs. Uh, so you know, even this topic of compensation, a lot of these trends didn't even exist two years ago. Things like globally distributed work and remote yeah. work and the emphasis on pay equity and DEI, of course, these pay transparency laws, the great resignation turning into inflation and layoffs. Oof, so so much. much has changed in just <laughs> the past two years. And we feel like at Comprehensive, we're only scratching the tip of the iceberg. Oh, I'm sure. So there's definitely a a lot, a lot more opportunity out there. I think that's like a kind of a perfect final question, which is between starting human interest and starting comprehensive.io, I am curious, like what has changed for the way that you're thinking about the labor market, your, you know, your own hiring and how you work as a founder. 
Yeah. Has there been any key insight that you're doing something differently this time? I feel like there has to be some sort of, uh, no, I don't want to say aha moment because that feels like that's you know too perfect. But I, I do mm-hmm. think like, is there some sort of insight that got unlocked between then and now that has changed the way you hire, whether it's leaning on more contractors right. or fractional work or something like that? One difference is that Comprehensive is fully remote and we are remote from day one because, you know, we started the company during the pandemic, uh, whereas human interest was very much San Francisco based for uh, many years until COVID hit and, and then became remote more recently. So that's definitely been one change. And you know, now as the father of two kids, you know, two young children that didn't exist when I started human interest, I personally have really found the value and benefits of remote work. And so it's been really interesting and exciting to be able to build a company in this new remote work era. And I think it's been great for our team and for our employees and for me personally but it is a new experience for me. And so one that we've been trying to navigate and figure out how to do well and how to balance the advantages of remote work with some of the downsides of, you know, camaraderie and being able to be in one place to brainstorm and and all that. A literal storm because you're based in San Francisco and it's storming. Hello over there. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it was hailing just before we started. Oh. Uh, and luckily it's died down now. But yeah, what a what a crazy week. Uh, I think that to close, I always love ending with lightning round just to get a little bit of a taste of what maybe we didn't get into during the conversation. But if you are already Okay, try my best. Number one. Yeah. So number one is what do you want to see change in 2023's tech landscape? I want to see pay transparency compliance reach 100% and every company to be posting salary ranges in all their job posts because ultimately that's going to be great for pay transparency and pay equity. If you were not a founder, what would you be? I would have loved to be a baseball announcer. Uh, I don't think that was uh, in the cards for me, but I'll settle for being a startup founder. (laughs) I love that. I thought you were going to say VC, and this is such a better answer. (laughs) Hard, hard no. Um, Okay, the last two are fun, maybe emotional ones. Uh, One is, what is the worst advice that you've ever gotten? This can be personal, professional, both. um, We don't have to name names, but... Worst advice. Well, nothing comes. That's such a good question. I wish you had asked me ahead of time because nothing comes to mind immediately. I'm sure there is something. I think I got something in mind. Okay. I was once told by an investor that starting side projects while running a company was a bad thing. And that if I was doing a company, I should be owning the company and not doing projects on the side. And what I have found with side projects like, like layoffs at FYI is that they can often amplify or complement or lead to new insights that wouldn't have been possible if I was only doing exactly what the company was focused on. Oh my God, you are literally walking proof of that being the worst advice ever. That's great. Um, to end on a positive note, what is the best advice that you've ever gotten? This is going to feel cliche, but I have often needed to be reminded to smell the roses along the way in the journey of being a startup founder. Uh, There's so many ups and downs, and it's such a stressful and anxiety-producing job. And for me personally, I've struggled to really appreciate the wins along the way, and I've been learning to get better at that, and it's really made for a much more enjoyable and fun experience. 
I love that. Roger, thank you so much for joining Equity. I think I can speak for a lot of our readers, journalists, and tech employees that were super thankful that you didn't let layoffs be something that just stays in spreadsheets, but actually make it into something that people can visualize and feel in a different way. And I am super excited to probably get a story or a 10 out of your new company, Comprehensive.io, around salary ranges. Um, There's already a few things I want to follow up with you on, but we'll do that uh, next time. So (laughs) thanks again, Roger. And please tell people where they can find you and Comprehensive.io online. So you can find our free salary tracker at www.comprehensive.io. And you can find me at Twitter at Roger underscore Lee. Perfect. All right. Well, everyone else, we will chat with you soon and have a great rest of your day. Bye. Equity Wednesdays are hosted by myself, TechCrunch senior reporter, Natasha Mascarenas. We're produced by Teresa Locansolo with editing by Cal Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator. Alyssa Stringer leads audience development and Henry Pickovet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back next week.